0: So we are in our home stretch of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we have this week and a couple more weeks left, and what a journey it has been. Amen? I mean, I as as a pastor, I've, I'm always excited about every series that we do, and I think the Lord has used every series that we have done in the, in the two years that we've been a church. But there's something about this series in particular that I think has been uh, particularly powerful. It seems to have resonated with a lot of you in some different ways. And so uh, it has been a good series. The Lord has been doing some work on our hearts. And I'm excited to kind of move into this home stretch, even though I'm a little bit sad that we're going to be ending. Uh, and this morning, as we heard Bridget read, we are going to look at another one of those fairly well-known passages and well-known verses from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7:12 is commonly referred to as the golden rule. You've probably heard it more commonly stated as do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And this verse reflects a pretty popular piece of wisdom that's universal in nature. So a version of the golden rule has been found in many different cultures throughout the centuries. There's something uh, universal to it. There's something that resonates with every human being. And its wisdom kind of has this sense that no matter where you are and what time period you live in, You find truth to it. So let me give you a few examples of where the golden rule has been found in other cultures and other time periods. So in 500 BC, we have Confucius, the great Chinese philosopher, saying, do not unto another that you would not have him do unto you. And we have Aristotle, the famous Greek philosopher, who said, we should conduct ourselves toward others as we would have them act towards us. And then the Mahabharata, which is an ancient Indian text from 300 BC. Do not unto others, which would cause you pain if done to you. And then Rabbi Halil, so just 50 years before Christ, writes, what is hateful to you, do not to your fellow man. So again, our hearts as human beings resonate with the wisdom of this golden rule. Our hearts resonate with this call to show kindness and respect and do, to not do harm to others. As those made in the image of God, we grasp, however imperfectly, that there is a moral arc to our universe, and people and cultures and nations throughout the centuries have grasped this. However, this is a big however, if we're not careful, we can be guilty of not taking Jesus's statement of the golden rule seriously enough. We can be guilty of not taking what Jesus has to say to the extent that he calls us to. And so for one, we can reduce the golden rule as we do with a lot of popular wisdom throughout the centuries, sayings and statements that seem to have resonated throughout history. We can take such statements and reduce them to things that we stick on bumper stickers or maybe stick on a, in, inside a fortune cookie. And so we can treat the golden rule kind of like statements like this. Offering all you have makes life deep beyond measure. Or this one. Living for others unlocks all the joy you'll ever need. Nice sounding statements, right? There's some truth to them. There's some wisdom there. But what are they? Well, these two statements are from an insurance company ad. So, so no, no deep, profound, life-transforming truth per se, but nice enough statements, common enough statements. They're nice sentiments. They, they give you kind of a burst of good feels and send you on your way. But Jesus isn't about giving us this burst of good feels. Jesus is shaping kingdom citizens he's shaping disciples he's transforming hearts he's transforming lives and so when jesus makes a statement we can't slap it on a bumper sticker or put it in a fortune cookie and just go oh isn't that a nice thought so we can reduce jesus's statement to mere sentiment and may we never reduce our faith to mere sentiment the other way we can fail to take jesus's statement seriously is by not fully understanding the definition of what Jesus means by whatever you wish that others would do to you, also do to them. So let's say you're in this place where you're like, yeah, I really want to take Jesus' words seriously. I want it to have some teeth. I don't want it to just to be a bumper sticker or a fortune cookie saying, how do you define what Jesus means? How do you define, how do you understand What we are to do to others and how we are to treat them. How do you know if you're being faithful to this command of Jesus? How do you know if you're living it to the extent that he calls you to? And so if we're not careful, we can assume we know what Jesus means and not take it deep enough. And so while many cultures have a version of the golden rule, it's only Jesus as the resurrected and reigning king, only Jesus as God in the flesh can truly define this for us. He's the only one that fills it out fully for us. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. And so we're going to look at kind of two parts of this. So we're going to first look at the golden rule defined. I want to define this for us according to this text. And then I want to look at the golden rule applied. So I want us to take a few minutes to define the golden rule here. I want us to understand what does Jesus mean? What's underneath this command? And so if you, you have your Bibles or a Bible app, open up to this passage. I, I want to just spend a few minutes just kind of doing an old school Bible study here. Because here, here's the, the awesome hope for us. If you belong to Christ, if you're united to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. And you can understand his word. And church, we do this together as a community. We study his word together. So let's interpret this verse. Let's understand this verse together. A verse that's been sentimentalized or, or often just sort of uh, treated in a very shallow way. Let's look at the depth with which Jesus has called us to something truly profound. So if we're in Matthew uh, 7, 12, now, if you hear the common cons- the, the common way that the golden rule is often phrased, so "do unto others as you would have them do unto you," what's the problem with that way of phrasing it? Anybody? Anybody pick up on it? I'm 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 I'm, I'm kind of playing teacher here. So if you want to yell out, go for it. I mean, okay, here I'll, I'll give you the answer because we don't have a lot of time to sit around. The words before and after are often left off. We, we, we get the middle part, we get the actual golden rule, but we leave off the before and the after, and they're very, very important to understanding what Jesus means. So let's read Matthew 5, 12 in its entirety. We'll reread it. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So we have a, a so at the beginning, and then we have for this is the law and prophets at the end. I want to look at the end first for this is the law and the prophets. What does this mean? What is Jesus getting at by by tagging this on to the end of the golden rule? Well, what he's getting at is that the golden rule, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them, is a summary statement. It summarizes the entire law and prophets, which is the Old Testament. So if you wanted to summarize what did the law and prophets teach in the Old Testament, you could say, well, do to others which you would have them do to you. So what's important to understand is that this statement is summarizing Old Testament. So there's some content to it. It's not just this free-floating proverb. And where have we, where else have we heard Jesus talk about the law and the prophets? You guys remember earlier in this series where Jesus talked about the law and the prophets? Anybody remember off the top of their head? Matthew 5:17. So flip back a page or two and let's look at Matthew 5:17. Jesus says this, "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them." So if you remember, this this was several weeks back that the point Jesus is making here is that his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount Was not replacing the Old Testament. He wasn't coming and saying, hey, you know, all that Old Testament law, all that Old Testament teaching, I'm not replacing that and giving you something new. Rather, I'm telling you what it really means. See, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they've distorted it. I'm going to tell you what the true meaning and the true heart of the Old Testament is. And that is what the Sermon on the Mount is for us. The Sermon on the Mount is the true interpretation, the true understanding of the law and the prophets. So let's put the two pieces we have together and, and, uh, to help us understand the golden rule. So here's what we have, the two pieces that we have. First, the golden rule summarizes the true meaning of the law and prophets. You all see that? For this is the law and prophets summary statement. So we, we need to understand golden rule, summary of the law and prophets. Then the Sermon on the Mount teaches the true meaning of the law and prophets. So if you want to properly understand the law and prophets... The Sermon on the Mount helps you do that. So, if the golden rule summarizes the Law and the Prophets and the Sermon on the Mount truly teaches what the Law and Prophets mean, what helps us understand the golden rule? What defines the golden rule for us? Uh, I hear you say it. Come on, loud and proud. Yes, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is what fills out the golden rule for us. So if we want to understand properly what Jesus means by the golden rule. Well, if you want to understand what it means to do to others as we would have them do to us, we have to understand it in the context of the sermon on the mounts. The sermon on the mounts is what colors and defines the golden rule for us. The sermon on the mounts helps us understand how we are to live this out. Not empty proverb, not something we make up on our own, but it, from the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. So that's, that's one piece of this, but that's not the only thing. Let's go back to the beginning of 5.12, or excuse me, 7.12. The so. The word so is important as well. Some translations have the therefore. Either one means the same thing. So if you see a so or a therefore at the beginning of a statement, what does that mean? It means that it is a response to what has come before. Therefore, fill in the blank. Because something is true, therefore do this. So what we need to understand is this. This, The the golden rule is not just a summary of the Sermon on the Mount. It's not just defined by the Sermon on the Mount. It's also a response to the Sermon on the Mount. It's also a response to all that Jesus has taught. And that's why it comes at this point in Jesus' message. So here's a way to think about the golden rule too, because everything Jesus has taught in the Sermon on the Mount is true and glorious, therefore do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Because everything Jesus has taught and everything Jesus has said is true and glorious, therefore go and live this way. So it's not only just, hey, the content of the golden rule is defined by the Sermon on the Mount. It's because Jesus is true and because what he has taught is true, we now go and live this way. And so it is the golden rule is defined by the Sermon on the Mount and it is a response to the Sermon on the Mount. And so the point here for us is we cannot understand or live the golden rule apart from understanding and living the Sermon on the Mounts. You want to truly understand the golden rule. You want to truly make this more than just a bumper sticker or a fortune cookie saying, you need the Sermon on the Mount. You need to understand what Christ has called us to. So that is the golden rule defined for us. Now let's look at the golden rule applied. The Sermon on the Mount defines the golden rule, but it also shows us how to apply and live out the golden rule. And this is good news for us and it's good news for our world because how Jesus defines the golden rule goes so much deeper and is so much more profound than how any other culture and any other person has stated it. So let's, let's look at how these other versions of the golden rule have been written. I want to bring these back up. So you have a do not unto another that you would not have them do unto you. You have, we should conduct ourselves toward others as we would have them act towards us. Do not unto others, which would cause you pain if done to you. And what is hateful to you, do not, follow, do not to your fellow man. What did, Three out of those four, what do they have in common? What's that? Negative, yes. They're stated in the negative. Do not do this that you would not want other people to do to you. Now, there is a ring of truth there. That is great wisdom. That is good. But it's not a very high bar. Like, don't do harm, that, that's, that's good. But that's, that's not a very high bar. I don't want to be slapped in the face, so I'm not going to slap people in the face. I don't want anybody to steal my car, so I'm not going to steal anybody's car. I, I don't want to be poked with a pencil, so I'm not going to poke people with pencils. And we, we could go on and on and on and on. It's not very remarkable to not harm someone. As good and as basic as that is, it's not very remarkable. The bar is not very high. What Jesus calls us to is something far more profound. Because here, here's the thing. I can be faithful to not doing harm and still be indifferent to people's pain and sin. I, I can be faithful not to do harm, and I can still keep you at arm's length and say, "Well, I didn't cause your pain, I didn't cause your your sin, and so I have I don't have any responsibility to you." I, I, I can be faithful not to do harm and never have to show you mercy or compassion or grace or forgiveness. I, I can be faithful to not do harm and never have to sacrificially serve. And so what Jesus calls us into is something far more than just don't hurt people. The way Jesus teaches the golden rule is to do. Not do not, but do. It's not simply avoiding harm. It is doing good. It is proactive. See, anyone can avoid harm. Doing good is much more difficult Anyone can avoid harm, but doing good requires sacrifice. It requires risk, requires vulnerability. It requires showing mercy and compassion and forgiveness and grace. Doing good means that I am going to have to sacrifice and lay down my rights. I'm going to have to enter into the mess of people's lives See, doing good as Jesus calls us to do good requires the Holy Spirit of God. So, Jesus calls us to something far more than just avoiding harm. In Jesus' version of the Golden Rule, he calls us to proactive love. Proactive love. So, later in the Gospel of Matthew, we read about Jesus interacting with a lawyer, someone who is an expert in the law. And this is how the interaction goes. The lawyer asks, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he, meaning Jesus, said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. There's that statement again law and prophets. And so what Jesus says in this passage is if you want to summarize the law and prophets, love the Lord your God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule, Matthew 7, 12, captures the second part of this. So another way to say whatever you would wish that someone would do to you, do to them. Another way to say that is love your neighbor as yourself. They're the the same statement. They're the same idea. Proactive love. And don't miss this point that Jesus is making in this passage. Love, love is the end of all of our morality. Love is the end of all of our ethics. Love is the purpose for righteousness and goodness and justice. Love is the purpose behind why you and I walk in purity before the Lord. You See, too often, too often, We can be like the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Jesus' day. We reduce morality to personal purity. We reduce morality to, I need to not sin. I need to make sure that I don't defile myself. I need to be obedient in that I don't go and do sinful things or think sinful things. Or I need to make sure I don't sin against other people. And so it's this very narrow, reduced view of morality and the purpose of the law and the purpose of goodness and righteousness. It's, I can't be stained, I need to keep from being stained, and I'm going to keep from staining other people. And if that is how you have reduced morality, you've missed the point. Jesus says you've missed the point. The point of all of that is love others. Love God, love others. Yes, walk in purity. Yes, walk in righteousness. Yes, keep from sinning. Yes, keep from harming. But if your view of righteousness, if your view of goodness does not compel you to go and proactively love, you've missed the point. You've reduced what Jesus has called you to do. The golden rule calls us back to the point of the law and our morality proactively love others proactively do good to others and the scope of this love is much bigger than what others taught so if you remember the examples aristotle's was painted as positive he he actually phrased it very similar to what jesus said here's the problem with aristotle's though if you read the context of his statement he's talking about friends Aristotle reduced it to just the people that are your friends, those that are on your side. Treat them this way. Jesus says, whatever you do. So in the Greek, it's literally in all things. So there's no limit to who we do this to. It's not just friends. So the scope of this is everyone. We show proactive love to everyone, even those who sin against us, who shame us, who annoy us, who hurt us those that we consider enemies. We show proactive love to all people. So the scope of Jesus' call is far greater, far more profound. The proactive love of the golden rule is love we show to the whole world. Oh, in church, this proactive love characterizes our God, does it not? This proactive love is demonstrated by our good father who gives us all good things this proactive love came and got you when you were in your sin the scripture says when we were still sinners christ died for us as as eric read when we were dead in our trespasses and sins christ made us alive god made us alive god came after you God's love is proactive. You didn't go after the kingdom. The kingdom came after you. You who are stuck in your anger. You who are bound in your lust. You who feel trapped by your fear and anxiety. You who have been busted up by broken relationships. God came after you. The kingdom of God proactively came to you. We have been pursued. We have been loved And that great love that has been shown to us, we now go and show to others because we have experienced the love of God that we did not deserve because Christ took all of our sin and all the the wrath that we deserved and we've been set free and forgiven. We now go and love as the golden rule calls us to love. And so we live out and apply the golden rule by showing proactive love, And we also live out and apply the golden rule by seeking and longing for the kingdom of God. You see, the golden rule states, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. And this is something that's always tripped me up about this verse. Whatever you wish, whatever you want, whatever you desire would be done to you, do to others. You know, on the one hand, this is simple morality. I want to be forgiven, so I forgive. I want to be shown mercy, so I show mercy. I want to be judged fairly, so I judge fairly. I want people to do good to me, so I do good to others. And then that's fine. But let's take it to the extent that Jesus has called us to. He pushes it past simple morality into something more beautiful and profound. Because what is it that disciples of Christ most desire? What has Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount that is to be the thing that our hearts most long for, most want, most desire? The kingdom of God. That The kingdom of God is to be what shapes our deepest longings and desires. What, What do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Disciples of Jesus long for and desire the kingdom of God to be present in our world. We want to see righteousness and goodness and justice and forgiveness and mercy and compassion transform our homes and our city. We want to see the kingdom of God at work in our own lives. And it is out of that desire and that want and that wish that we live out the golden rule. And so here's another way to put it. What we ask for in the Lord's prayer, we seek and live out in the golden rule. What we ask for in prayer, what we go to the Lord in prayer for, we seek and live out in the golden rule. You see, when I proactively love someone, when I proactively go and do good to them, I want them to experience the blessing of the kingdom. I want the righteousness and the goodness and the justice and the mercy and the compassion of the kingdom to transform them, to bless them. I want the power of the kingdom to be working in their lives and what I want to see is in seeing that transform them, I want to be blessed by the kingdom. Because if they're transformed by the kingdom, if my home is transformed by the kingdom, if my city is transformed by the kingdom, then I experience more of the kingdom. And so living out the golden rule is motivated I want more of the kingdom. I want more kingdom in my life. I want more kingdom in my family. I want more kingdom in my city. So I go and I do unto others what I wish, what I want. It's done to me. I'm motivated by the kingdom of God. The golden rule is a kingdom-motivated call. So let me give you an example of what this looks like. So this past week in gospel community, we were, we were just having conversation, and, and one of the, the ladies in our gospel community shared how she wants to see her family not experience anger. Like she, she doesn't want her, her family to be defined by anger and the way that they interact with one another. And so what, what she shared was she's committing to when she's interacting with her kids, interacting with her husband, that instead of going to anger when she feels tempted, she's going to do something that's proactive and loving, something kingdom-oriented. And, and her hope there is that by doing that, that that is how her kids would act, and this is what, what struck me about what she said and I was thinking about the golden rule. She wants to bless her kids, bless her husband, bless her family with kingdom life. And in return, she wants to experience kingdom life back from them. And so her, her faith to love her family well and treat her family in a particular way is with hope that the kingdom will transform them as well and that the kingdom will transform her family. Motivated to see in others And to be blessed by others and to experience from others. So she's motivated to do for them. This, my friends, is the golden rule lived out. You want to see more of the kingdom. You want to experience more of the kingdom. And so you bless others with the kingdom. Do you want to experience life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered, mercy and compassion from others? Well, practice life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered, mercy and compassion toward others? Do you want to experience life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered forgiveness and reconciliation from others? Then practice life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered, forgiveness and reconciliation toward others. Husbands and wives, Do you want to experience life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered commitment from your spouse? Well, practice life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered commitment toward them. Uh, Do you want to see others confess sin and walk in purity and integrity towards you? Well, then you practice confession of sin and purity and integrity towards others. Do you want to experience life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered discipleship from other people? Well, go and practice life-giving, gospel-fueled, kingdom-empowered discipleship towards others. You want to see generosity and self-sacrifice empowered by the kingdom? You want to experience that yourself? Go practice it towards others. See, when we practice the kingdom, when we live out the golden rule, oh, God is at work to transform others. God is at work to transform our city. God is at work not only in us, but in everything around us. And so we're motivated to show proactive love because we're seeking the kingdom. We want the kingdom. Now, you may admit, that sounds great, Chris. That sounds great. But I'm just gonna be honest. My desire for the kingdom isn't what it should be. You see, if I did to others what I wish they would do to me, I would worship the ground that they walked on because I want everybody to worship the ground that I walk on. Be honest, right? (laughs) Okay, good. Confess that. Admit that. Bring that to the Lord because there is grace and mercy for that, there's forgiveness for that. Look, we don't all perfectly desire the kingdom the way we should, we're all in process. This will be a lifelong thing. So we're all in the same boat, one to one degree or another. But no matter where we are in that process, the need is the same and the, the solution is the same. One, we go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, forgive my unbelief. Give me a greater desire. Lord, I want to long for your kingdom more and more in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my city. Give me that desire. Give me that hunger. Give me that thirst. And then go and practice it. Go and live it out. Go and practice the golden rule. Live out that kingdom around everyone. Now, some of you may be familiar with the fake it till you make it statement. And, and some people have problems with that because it, it sounds a little, well, fake. Like, I'm, I'm going to pretend that I'm doing something that I'm not. But but there's a principle behind that that is very important. It means that I'm not there yet, but I want to get there. And so I'm going to do things with my actions in my body, and then my desires will catch up. And so if if fake it till you make it doesn't ring, doesn't sit well with you, then how about this? Sow it till you know it. Sow it in faith, like sowing seeds. I'm going to sow in faith towards a greater desire of the kingdom. And so I'm going to do with my actions what the Lord has called me to do. Like, my, my desire might not be where it needs to be, but with my actions, I'm going to live those things out in faith, knowing that by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, my desires will catch up. And so it's not fake, it's sowing in faith. And sow it over and over and over until you know it, until it becomes true in your heart, until it takes root in your heart. So if you're in a place where you would say, my desire is weak, my practice is weak, Seek the Lord in prayer and then walk out the golden rule in your life and the Lord will empower you and transform you through that. And so it is a tremendous call on our lives, church, proactively loving others that we might experience the power of the kingdom in our lives and the lives of others. And so far from being indifferent to the sin and pain of others in our world, far from merely avoiding harm and keeping our distance, We proactively seek God's kingdom in our lives. We proactively work to make God's kingdom known to others. We pray for, we long for, and we work for the kingdom to bring gospel renewal to our city. And so let's live out the golden rule in our homes, in our jobs, in our neighborhood, and in our city, and let's get more of the kingdom. Amen?